Hello, church. If you are new to our church, we welcome you. My name is Lana, and I'm one of the elders here. We are so thankful you joined us today. We are using our church app to communicate with you. If you don't have it, please download it from your app store. And I want you to notice three important um, things in the app today. First, prayer requests. Second, notes. And third is ministry guide under the more tab. We just have two announcements today. Pentecost Sunday is a special time to celebrate the church. Make sure you mark your calendar for Sunday the 23rd and be sure to register to come to the service. Mark your calendars also for June the 20th. We will be hosting a special All Church Covenant Family Meeting. More details will follow soon on that one. As we enter into this gathering now, let's pause together and be still. Breathe slowly. Let's recenter our scattered senses upon the presence of God. Say this short prayer and read the scripture out loud with me. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Chronicles 16, 8 through 10 and 23 through 25. Let's enter into a time of focus on generosity. There is a generosity prayer we have added into the app under the notes today, if you would like to follow along. It is so important that we keep the character of our Father in heaven in front of us, as well as his will for our lives. He has displayed his generosity so well before us, and we desire to follow his great example. Please join me now in this generosity prayer. Father in heaven, there is nothing I have that you have not given me. All I have and all I am belong to you, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. To spend everything on myself and to give without sacrifice is the way of the world that you cannot abide. But generosity is the way of those who call Christ their Lord, who love him, with free hearts and serve him with renewed minds, who withstanding the delusion of riches that chokes the word, whose hearts are in your kingdom and not in the systems of the world. I am determined to increase in generosity until it can be said that there is no needy person among us. I am determined to be trustworthy with such a little thing as money that you may trust me with true riches." Above all, I am determined to be generous because you, Father, are generous. It is the delight of your daughters and sons to share your traits and to show what you are like to all the world. Amen. I'd like to encourage you to take a moment now to give. You can give it through the app or online at gcbdowntown.com giving.
Welcome to week four of our seven-week series, A Culture of Goodness. A church's culture matters. We believe that as we live in a culture, our culture begins to live in and into us. How we understand and feel about our Father in Heaven is formed and fostered by the church we attend. This week, our focus is on the importance of service and finding the balance between individual people and the community as a whole. We're searching for truth and inspiration for how we talk about Jesus as Lord of all and how we are to live good lives that announce the good news of Jesus Christ. You have observed how godless rulers throw their weight around, and when people get a little power, how quickly it goes to their heads. It is not going to be that way with you. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Jesus teaching his disciples. Self-concern and self-care must be balanced by an other's orientation, or we will become self-intoxicated celebrities in our own minds. But even an attitude of service has its temptations. An other's orientation must be balanced with self-care, or we will lose ourselves entirely. Scott McKnight Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. The writer of Hebrews to the early church. Good morning, Gallic Church family. My name is Rogério, and I am one of the elders here at the Gallic Church downtown. Today is a pleasure for me to be here talking to you about this very important lesson. It's a continuation of the study on the topic of forming a goodness culture, a culture that is reflected in the church that seeks to be alike Jesus Christ, who came to this earth to show us how to love and how to serve one another. Today, we will be talking about how goodness church nurtures service. Jesus is the biggest example of humbleness, goodness, and service that we can find in the Bible. But before I dive deeper on this topic, I want to make sure you didn't, didn't misunderstand the meaning of the church. I believe that one of the biggest problems we have in our days is that people don't know what church is about. If you ask a disciple in the New Testament, if you go back to the past and find a disciple on the streets and say to ask to him, let's go to the church with me, or have you been to church recently? I bet he won't understand what you're talking about. Because for him, church is not a place where you go. So let's go and try to understand a little bit more about this. So what church really means? Paul used three very good examples to explain the church. The first example is Ephesians 2, 17, 18. That says, He came to preach peace to whom were far away, the Gentiles, and peace to those who are near, the Jews. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. He is talking about Gentiles and Jews being two separate people, but on the cross, through Jesus Christ, it's made one people that have access to the Father. 
On his first example, Paul says that we are family for the Father, which means that, listen to this, church is not the building where you go, but a family to which we belong. That's why the disciples on the New Testament would understand your question. Let's go to the church. Because church, as I said, is not a place to attend, but a family for you to belong. Now, as the disciples of Jesus, we have the DNA of the Father. We are called to be like him. We have heritage and we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. It makes us brothers and sisters. But brothers and sisters, not just words that we use to call, call one another, or maybe someone comes to the church for the first time, and we don't know the name of the person, and you say, hey, brother, hey, sister. No, it's true. Remember, we pray, our Father. Family helps and serve one another. We are family. We have to help one another. Our second example is in Ephesians 2, 14, 16, that says, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barriers, the dividing walls of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with his commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus make us peace, and in one body to reconcile both to them of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. On his second example, Paul says that we are the body of Christ. He emphasized our differences. Listen to that. Church is not uniformity where people are all the same, same haircut, same clothes, same way to talk, same way to make jokes. It's not. Church is not uniformity. Church is, is unity. Everybody different, but walking in one body. Church is a place where you can find different people with different talents, different skills, different personalities, united by one love, the love of Jesus Christ. This body is the body of Christ. Now how is a complex body can work with different members? So how can this body work perfectly? This body work perfectly because every single member have to hear the voice and obey the head. That's Jesus Christ. So if you consider yourself part of the body of Christ, you have to be controlled by the head. Members of the body work together, serving one another. Then Paul finished with the third example on Ephesians 2, 19, 21. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ himself as a chief cornerstone. And the whole in him, the whole building is joined together and rise to become a holy temple of the Lord. On, his example, on this example, Paul compares to 
a whole temple to the Holy Spirit. And he says here that Jesus is the cornerstone. It's important to talk about this because based on that cornerstone, all other stones were put in place. The stones were aligned using the cornerstone as a reference. The more the stones look like the cornerstone, the easier it will be for it to fit. Do you understand that? So if you look like the cornerstone, if you look like Jesus, you'll be fit perfectly. It'll be easier to fit on this construction, on this holy temple. When doesn't the stone fit? When it has extra edges on the stone. So when you have these extra edges, it's so hard to fit, to put in the right position. That's why the Holy Spirit have to sculpt us and polish us. This is something that we have to help our brothers and sisters. That's why we have to serve one another, to help the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit have to work in our lives and to, to break the edges and make it smooth. So we be just like the cornerstone. We be, be just like Jesus. You're going to be perfect fitting on the space where we have two feet. So church is not made of bricks. Church is not made of bricks. But church is made of living stones. You are a living stone. I'm a living stone. So when your living stone is with my living stone, plus Pastor Ellie's living stone, plus your brother next to you living stone, all together connected, you'll be formed the temple of the Holy Spirit. And on that place, you'll be able to see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Stones of the Holy Temple stick together, serve one another. In summary, we are a family to the Father. We are body to the Son. Jesus, and we are temple to the Holy Spirit. Now that we understood what church really means, we can talk about church that nurtures service. So maybe you're asking why I start talking about church. Because it's easy for us to, to misunderstand when we start to talk about like a church that serves, we start to think, oh, okay, the denomination must serve. Oh, the pastor must serve. The elders, the deacons, are their responsibility to serve us. It's not. Instead, look what the Bible says in 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have to re uh, receive to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. When you understand that we are the church and we are all part of family in the body of Christ and we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, we have no doubt who have to serve. All of us must serve one another. We can see it in Philippi Philippians 2, 5 to 8. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, 
do not consider equality with God something that can be used on his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking a very nature of servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled, his, humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. It's clear here that Jesus didn't come to earth to be served, but served humanity in love. He was full of passion for me and you. And he left everything on his kingdom. He, in his kingdom, he had the angels worshiping him, adoring him, serving him. But he left everything to come here to serve you and me, to fulfill God's desire to unite creator and creature. Again, giving his life and served for all of us. Knowing that, what we need to do to have goodness church that nurtures service? The answer is, you and I must serve one another. Not only the other church, but wherever we go, we must reflect the love of Jesus. We must reflect the service of Jesus Christ to people. I believe there are some reasons why we don't reflect this goodness. And the first thing that I believe uh, why I believe there's some reasons why we don't reflect the goodness of Jesus and don't serve him. The first one, we don't know how to serve. Maybe you already thought, oh, I would like to serve. I'd like to do something at the church. But because you're afraid of the unknown, you gave up on the middle of the way. You are afraid to fail. But remember, you're not alone. We are brothers and sisters. We are part of the same family. Look at what Ephesians 4, 11, 13 says. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for work of service. So that body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity and the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We have people next to us to help us on this journey. We are not alone. We have some questions in our hearts, some doubts, but also we have people. Let's trust and believe that our family can help us. They will keep, equip us and help us to build up a culture of goodness. People that serve one another until we attain the whole measure. Be just like Jesus. The second point is we think we are too good to serve. We are living in a society where everybody is trying to find someone to serve them. You know, we have our dreams to maybe to go to Punta Cana and to have all inclusive so we can have people serving, serving us all the time. And we have breakfast in the morning and we can go to the swimming pool. We're going to have food. We're going to have drink there. People serving us. And then maybe we can have some massage. People working for us, serving us. And then we go back to our room. Our room will be like, Nice and tied, and our bed will be made. 
So it's, it's, it's so excited. I'd love to go to a place like this. Right? Everybody would like, I think everybody would enjoy to be in a place like this. It's good, very good to be served, right? But what about serving others? Do you feel the same excitement as if you would be served? Do you think you, you feel the same joy, the same happiness serving others? Now you see in John 13, 14 to 17, is the passage where Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And you know the story, like Jesus was close to be to be killed, to be dead. Uh, and Judas already uh, was uh, had his heart to, to betray Jesus. Satan already had worked in, in Judas' heart. And then in the middle of that uh, meeting, uh, Jesus just like uh, stood up, took off his robe, grabbed a towel, and just like uh, started to wash his disciples' feet. And in the end, he said to, him, to them, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, no, nor is a messenger great, greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. A, pers a person that serves with joy in his heart is a blessed person. If you have joy in your heart to serve, you have the blessing of God upon your life. In the third point, we are too sick to serve. Sometimes we carry burdens with us that hold us back from the joy of serving God in the church. There are many reasons for that. Maybe one of the reasons is unforgiveness. Maybe someone disappointed you that you can't think about serve anymore. A brother, a sister, or even a pastor may be disappointed you. Or you just don't agree or don't like some decisions they are taking. Process, the process was changed. You're so used to one way to do things, but now they change everything. So I don't agree with that. I won't be part of that. You have to forgive one another. Sometimes there's a lack of com communication that build up these burdens that we are carrying for nearly whole lives. We have to get rid of this. Listen to that. He who does not forgive atrophies their ability to love. So if you don't forgive, you can't love. Maybe uh, one thing that holds you back is sin. You have seen and now you think God cannot forgive you. Shame and guilty follow you wherever you go. But in 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Remember, God loves unconditionally. 
So if you're feeling that you, there is no way for you anymore, you sing so badly, you are so bad that God cannot forgive you, it's a lie. God's love he can forgive you and you can walk and can, you can help, you can be part of this body again. Maybe it's like stress or anxiety. Anxiety. Maybe it's like stress or anxiety. It's a new sickness of our generation and our society. We cannot prioritize kingdom of God anymore. We are too busy. We feel so suffocated by our daily duties in our personal lives. And we think that we don't have time to serve God in the church. But God doesn't want the leftover of your time. He gave his best. He gave his son, his own son. Let's give him our best too. And now I'm going to close uh, with this passage. Luke 4, 38, 39. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering for a high fever and they asked Jesus to help her. So he went there, bent over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. So she got up at once and began to wait. So it doesn't matter the sickness that is holding you back. Jesus can heal you this morning. Maybe you are in a bad situation. Maybe you're, you're, not, you're not feeling well. You have these uh, problems in, in your back. But Jesus can take everything. He can hold in your hands and rise you up. So you can stand up and come and serve Jesus. And serve one another. Serve your brothers and sisters. Pastor Lin said two weeks ago, that we cannot show we love our brothers and sisters if we don't serve our brothers and sisters. We have to take action and put it in practice and love one another. To serve is not an obligation. It's not something that you have to do to receive something back. No. Nothing we can do can buy our salvation. We serve because he serves us first, first. We love because he loves us first. Our service is an act of gratitude to him. In Hebrews 10, 25 and 24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love of good deeds. We have to spur, to motivate one another toward love, love and service. If you understand what I said this morning, I would like to stand with you and take action. Now we need our family to serve with us. Because of the pandemic, we lost a lot of people that once used to serve. We need people to our gallery kids. The world wants to steal our kids, and we need people to help to plant the good seed, the word of God in our children's hearts. We need people to help our deacons. They have been working throughout the pandemic with no stopping. 
taking food, health medication, hygiene kits, and the most important, sharing the love of Jesus to our neighborhoods. We need people to our welcome team to receive our family, to receive people. If you play any instruments, if you sing, please, we need you in our worship team. We have needs in all our areas. In every single area in our church, we need you. We need people. So don't think we don't have space. We don't have a spot for you. We, we have a spot. We have a place for you. We are part of our body. We are part of our family. So uh, we need you. Let's put in action. Let's put in practice what we learn. Let's serve with an open heart, with a joyful heart. Don't leave this place thinking, I can do it next week. Send us a message. Send us an email. Come talk to us. Give your name. We need to have this relationship. Have to be open. And we need you to work with us. So let's serve one another and create a goodness culture in our church. Amen. We want to invite you to respond to the word of God that we just received. We know that he is speaking and working in our hearts. What does church mean for you? And how does that definition impact your life and decisions in a positive or negative way? Do you identify with any of the reasons we don't serve that were mentioned today? What other obstacles are present in your life and schedule that prevent you from serving others? New habits and patterns often start with a small and specific step. Ask the Holy Spirit to minister to you now and help you to see one way you can start to serve others and display the goodness of God and His love for the city of Baltimore. Let's respond to the Holy Spirit, acknowledge His work in us, and celebrate that we are lavishly loved by our Father in heaven and our Lord Jesus Christ.